What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Essential 11, brought to you by Acton Academy. Acton Academy, Placer, Apogee Strong, and our partners over at discoverpraxis.com. Today's guest uh, is a man that I have followed for quite a while. His name is Russ Rafino, and Russ uh, started a service called Clients on Demand. Uh, and he's a he's the founder and CEO of Clients on Demand. They help coaches, consultants, thought leaders, service pros uh, attract the right clients at the right price, uh, and to do so in somewhat of an automated function. So he is uh, somebody that I've I've followed not just because of his success in business, but his mindset as well. And uh, he also has a very high standard as far as the integrity of only serving those that he can actually help. Um, and he's very much. Uh, aligned with that message and everything they do with clients on demand and they will not uh, take somebody's money just to take their money they want the right people that they know they can actually serve so uh, i love that and i loved the conversation so give it up for mr russ Rafino. i love that lady that comes in now and just lets you know <laughs> you're being in recorded. a creepy fashion yeah that it's being yeah. recorded um but it's awesome to have you here russ man i appreciate you brother Sure, of course, my pleasure. It is very cool, man. So we always like to start with with kind of an origin story, and especially kind of going back to like you growing up as a, you know, kind of you growing up as a kid, and kind of who were you, and kind of what led you down the path uh, that you are on now, and then we'll kind of get through all of those all of those questions there too. But I want to thank you first and foremost for the stuff that you do, and there's two things specifically that I want to thank you for. Um, as you're building out your business and clients on demand and you're helping all these people, there are two things that you focus on that I don't think enough business owners focus on. One, the right fit. That's a big deal. You preach that over and over and over again and there's an integrity piece right there that I very much appreciate. Um, and then two, you talk about the mindset over and mm -hmm. over and over too and the foundation too. So I just wanted to thank you off the top uh, for those things because I don't see those enough uh, in business in general, man. So with that, let's talk about Russ. Talk about you All growing right. up, sir. I mean, Give me that origin story. Give it's me a, a long view. story. I don't know like, okay. like, like, when man. start from like, uh, you know, I was born, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, are we going that far? Are we going back to childhood or how far are we going back? Here? Yeah, man. Talk about you as it's so, I mean, maybe right. you as so, a teen. In a, in a nutshell, man, my whole life, I I wanted to do acting, right? Like that was my dream. So as far back as I can remember, I'm talking five, six years old, I wanted to be, uh, you know, I wanted to get into acting. And um, that basically defined, you know, my whole life essentially until I was like 30. So I... Um, went to a high school for performing arts here in Orange County, uh, which was fantastic and ended up, you know, was, uh, many of the people in my high school class actually went up, ended up becoming like, you know, pretty big actors and working professionals and stuff. So that was really cool. It was a very professional program. That was great. Went to UCLA uh, School of Theater. And um, like most people do when they graduate college who want to get into acting, I quickly became a bartender. There you go. And, <laughs> and unfortunately, that's what I ended up doing for like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in L.A. and I was trying to, you know, pursue my dream and, and sort of do the acting thing. And, um, you know, I just wasn't getting anywhere, man. I really wasn't. And maybe if I knew then what I know now, things could have been different. But um you know, just, just was going out there and, you know, going on auditions and, and doing like all the actory sort of stuff and just honestly didn't really get anywhere, man. And, um, on my 30th birthday, I remember I was sitting there with, um, my girlfriend at the time we were in Vegas at the Palazzo, you know, we went to Vegas for my birthday. And I remember sitting there at the bar at the Palazzo 
like literally sobbing into my drink because my life just completely was not working. And I, uh, you know, I had friends that were working as actors and were make, you know, had made it and whatever. And I just, you know, I wasn't getting anywhere. And, uh, you know, it was really, really frustrating. And so I, I kind of just decided, look, man, I got to figure something out. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be a 40 year old bartender. I got to figure something out. So just so happens that over the course of the next year, a couple of really kind of odd sort of coincidences happened. One of them was happened to be on break one day and, um, wandered into Barnes and Noble and, uh, sitting right there was a copy of the four hour work week. And I, you know, picked it up and I read it and my mind was like literally blown yeah. because I had no idea about this whole world of online entrepreneurship, none whatsoever. My, my limited perspective of life was that you basically had two options. You could, you know, work in an office 40 hours a week and be, you know, your typical like working stiff and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Or you can, you know, be a movie star or a rock star or an actor or whatever. And if you want any kind of freedom in your life, that's really what you, what, you know, what you need to do. Right. And then reading that book just opened my eyes. Like, wait, wait, there's this whole other option here that I didn't even know existed. You can start a business. That business can be online. That business can give you passive income. It can give you, you know, location freedom and time freedom and, and all these things. And so my mind was just really blown when I read that book. And I said to myself, you know what, man, this, this makes a lot of sense. You know, maybe, maybe I can do this. And then at the same time, or right around the same time, a uh, kid came into, my, uh, came into my bar who was the, the kid brother of a friend of mine. And this was like right after the, you know, the recession and, and you know, the, the Wall Street crash and all that stuff. And this kid was sitting at my bar and he's probably 22 years old. And he was just talking all this smack, man. He was like, what recession, baby? I made $1,200 today. I did it. You know what I'm sitting there yeah. like, dude, what are you doing? And he starts talking to me about, you know, affiliate marketing and online marketing and some of the stuff that he was doing. And it, it turns out this kid was a, you know, was a, was a pretty successful affiliate. So those two things happening at the same time really kind of got my wheels turning. And I said to myself, you know what, man, if this little, if this little, you know what can do this, yeah. I bet I can do this too. So I started, I just started poking around online and just learning everything I could about online marketing and, and affiliate marketing and promoting products and just all that stuff. And, um, you know, dove in with both feet and, you know, it just turned out I could just do it. I could just do it. I'd never tried to do anything like this before. When I sat down to write copy, I'm going to tell you, it was some pretty smoking copy, man. It was, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I sat down to write a sales letter and I was like, this is pretty good, you know, like, but I'd never, no background in marketing or anything like that. Um, and I, I could just do it. So started promoting different products, started, um, you know, making a little bit of money online. And my goal in the beginning was, man, if I could just make a hundred dollars a day, if I could make a hundred dollars a day online, I could quit my bartending job after 10 years. I could go wherever I want to go. That's so much money. What would I do <laughs> You know, with that much money? And, um, and so I, um, you know, started making a little bit of money online, maybe like 500 bucks a month. I, I think I was making. And then, you know, long story short, I got in a big fight with my bar manager and I really wanted to quit and storm out. And I didn't. And I went home and I, cause I was scared and I went home and I talked to my, um, talked to my, my, my fiance now my wife. And I said, baby, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm being a wuss to myself. And she was like, baby, you got to quit. Pull the trigger. And pull the trigger. So I pulled the trigger and, in the, and, and, and quit my job. I think I had $600 in the bank, something like that. And over the course of the next year, I made $250,000 online. Wow. Which was just insane. And then, and then from there, um, you know, business progressed, started teaching people how to make money online, and then eventually progressed into what we're doing today, which is which is what I believe the best way there is to make money online. And that's teaching 
doing, doing high ticket results driven coaching. And, um, that's what we teach now is we, we work with coaches, consultants, experts, authors, speakers, thought leaders, and we show them how to monetize their expertise online. And, um, you know, we're getting people to, to, to build seven figure businesses faster than I ever thought was possible. Yeah. Uh, un- unbelievable. And that, that string of success is not, um, it is, it's a long tail thing right now and it's not limited to a couple of people. I mean, you guys, the proof is in the pudding at this point. So it's hard not mm-hmm. to say that you you guys aren't the best at what you do. So how cool. Yeah. So do you, there's a, there's a lot of that there that I want to unpack too. So sure. you were, you were scared rightfully so you're in that normal spot of like, Ugh, I don't feel like I'm being true to myself. So many people have that conversation. And I always tell the story of, um, you know, I've been building out these schools. I've been, I've been doing keynotes all over the world as well. And so my clients are, are fortune 500s to, um, you know, uh, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Microsoft, Honda, you know, whatever we work with all these organizations, but I got to work with uh, a series of banks too. And I was on a private jet with a guy who was a president of a series of banks and he's crying and he's saying, look, I'm so scared, you know, because I've never actually done what I've wanted to do with my life. And I've never been, okay, this was all literally handed to me. This role was hand right. And he's just, he's got from all intents and purposes, he's got everything, but he's saying, I'm not living you know, true to my purpose and what I really right. want to do. And we hear right. people say that it doesn't matter if they're rich, poor, it doesn't matter. Where do you think you got the courage to just go, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do it because so few people actually have the courage to pull the trigger. Where do you think that came from for you? Well, for me, it was just desperation. Honestly, it really, it really was. It was it your was help. Just, it, well, cause, cause you know, um, if you're in a situation that's, so the real trap of life, is not when you're in a situation that's like pure hell. Mm-hmm. The, the, the real trap of life is when you're in a situation that's pretty good. Mm. And being a bartender in LA is pretty good. You make decent money. You're working part-time. You meet a lot of girls. You meet a lot of people. You know, you're kind of like your bar is kind of like your little kingdom or whatever. And so you can, you can stay trapped there forever. And you can keep telling yourself, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. And, and for me, just, just that day when I turned 30 and I just looked at my life and I was so far away from what I knew I could be and from what I envisioned my life to look like that it was just devastating. And, and, it, and, I, and I had to be real with myself that like something, something has to change. I have to do something here because I'm, I'm just way, way, way below my potential. And, um, and so for me, it was just, it just became unacceptable for me to just continue on the way that I, you know, the way that I was. And another thing occurred to me as well, man, because, you know, we do a lot of mindset stuff and I was, and I was doing, you know, we teach a lot of mindset stuff now, but even at the time, you know, even when I was bartending, I was, you know, I was like reading, I don't know, anything I could get my hands on, you know, Napoleon Hill, like any books about success and mindset and all that stuff, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm doing, you know, the affirmations and the visualizations and all those things, you know, and saying, you know, you know, thank you that, you know, I have a million dollar business and that I'm a millionaire and I'm successful and all these things. But then I asked myself one day, I said, you know what, man? what would I do if I really believed this? Honestly, what would I do if I really believed this? I really believed that I could have a million dollar business. Would I keep, would I keep working in this bartending gig? No, I would quit, wouldn't I? And that's when I realized that what life rewards is not sitting there and like writing down your goals and making a vision board. And those things are good and they're valuable and they're important, but it's taking that step. That's right. It's taking that step of like, we're burning our ships there's no going back. That's right. Diving in with both feet. And I think when you do that, life just wakes up and goes, you're serious. You mean it. 
You know, you're not like all those other schmucks that are dreaming about something. You're actually taking the plunge and you're putting it all on the line and that gets rewarded. Mm -hmm. It just does, you know, it just does. And, and every day I wake up and I can, I look at my life now and I'm just like, thank God I made that decision. Yeah, you know no what I mean? doubt, man. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's that whole, why have a plan B? Cause it just detracts from plan A. You yeah, know, you know, and concept. then I'll say something about that real quick. Like, <clears throat> it's okay to have a contingency plan, right? So I sort of, I sort of gamed it out, and I think this is really important for people to understand, is that when you are afraid of something, and there's actually a great exercise about this in the Four Hour Work Week, and this is the part of the book that really blew my mind, is, is he is he takes you through this exercise where he's like, look, what is the worst case scenario? You know, you have this thing you're terrified of doing, and so many of us just we stop there, we stop at that level of analysis. We go, oh, this is scary, and you don't even think about it. You're like, oh, I can't do that. But he says, no, go in there and define the worst case scenario, like really game it out. What is the absolute worst thing that can actually happen if you made this decision? And so that's what I did. And I said, well, what is the worst case scenario? Well, the worst case scenario is I run out of money. You know, maybe I got to live off credit cards or, you know, find a, someone to borrow money from. And then I go and I, and I, and I, and I go and get another bartending job. Well, okay, you know, actually, that's not that bad. That's actually way less scary than, than what I thought. Okay, fine. So that's the, that's the worst case scenario. Now, what's the best case scenario? Best case scenario is this changes my life forever. And, and then I go, okay, well, how likely is that worst case scenario? So I give myself like 50-50, you know? So, so you get a 50-50 shot of having a, a bad outcome that's really not that bad or having a good outcome that's going to change the rest of your life. That makes that decision a no-brainer. And when I gamed it out that way, then I could move into it confidently and say, hey, you know what? I'm taking a shot, but it's, a, it's an intelligent shot. I love it, man. I love it. And I think part of that intelligent shot too is kind of goes back to another thing you mentioned, kind of that DNA um, sort of ability, right? You, you started, did you, was it a, a cart before the horse or, or which way did it go? Because you, you started realizing that this is where you kind of wanted to go with this online business. Did you know you kind of had that skill set where you'd be able to just sit down and write killer copy? Did you know that was there or was it? That was something you kind of found out afterwards. I had no idea. I, um, I, I, knew, I, I knew I could write in general. Um, I got like a, you know, like the verbal, the, um, the verbal thing, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. I got That's super awesome. articulate, That's right? the perfect yeah. way to put the verbal it. Yeah. Thing, the verbal stuff. <laughs> I got that, good I got that stuff. word stuff verbal, down, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> really good at them words, man. No, but I, 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 awesome. I got... I got like, my, like, like when I, I remember when I took the SAT, right? Like my math score was average, but I got a perfect score on the verbal part. Yeah, yeah. So I knew that I could write, but I had never tried to do marketing or sales copy or anything like that. And so I picked up a, a copy of um, Ultimate Sales Letter by Dan Kennedy and just was like, all right, let me just follow the instructions in here. But here's the weird part. There were all these exercises in that book about getting into the mind of your customer, right? So he's got all these really great questions of like, what keeps your customer awake at night staring at the ceiling? Yep. You know, what's this life that they dream of? And, 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 the, and what was crazy, um, Matt, was that there was a tremendous overlap between the questions you, he wanted you to ask yourself as a writer and the questions that we would always ask ourselves as actors. Like if I'm gonna go play a part, I got to ask myself those questions. You know, what does Hannibal Lecter want? You know, right, like, what's it right. like to be, what's he worried about? Whatever, you know? And so you have to sort of put yourself in someone else's shoes. And, and, and when you're writing copy, that's, that's all it is. Yeah. And, and, and so I was just very shocked and surprised and, and delighted that I had the acting and I had the writing. Those are two skill sets I had. And, and those just translated really well into marketing. Yeah. And that was a big surprise. Because it's communication. 
Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's communication. It's the human, it's the, the human element of, of all of that. I love that, man. Um, so cool. And so now, I mean, you guys are building this out, but you're also surrounding yourself with, uh, amazing talent and amazing people as well. So how do you go about kind of sourcing that? And that actually leads into one of the questions that the young people have um, here that we'll go through too. But how are you building out that network? Are you looking for kind of that specific, like, oh, they've got that DNA, that innate talent in this specific arena, and that's exactly what we need? Or where are you finding um, such great people? In terms of finding like team members and yes, employees? Sir. Okay, yeah. Um, so first of all, I think it's really important to have a vision. And it's, it's really important to have a strong reason why. So at Clients on Demand, we're all about getting, you know, life-changing results for our clients. Mm -hmm. You know, we take someone that's never made a dime online before. They've got expertise. You know, they're good at what they do, but they, they just don't know about marketing. They don't know how to monetize it. You know, we're taking those people and we're getting them to build seven-figure businesses really fast and expressing themselves in a whole new way, a whole, you know, a whole new powerful way. And, um, and, and so having that very strong reason why and having your val and having that reason why reflected in the values of your company and in your operating procedures the way that you show up so it's it's totally congruent that is huge when it comes to attracting the right people because what you have to understand is that most people never get to feel that they're making the world a better place and if you're, you know, I don't know, selling vacuum cleaners or working at Starbucks or something, I mean, there's nothing wrong with those things, but you're saying, yeah, I sell vacuum cleaners and people's houses are cleaner, you know, or I sell, I sell, yeah. I sell coffee, you know, I make lattes for people and then that's cool, you know, but like for us, we're really changing the world one client at a time. And so when people understand that that's what's going on and it's not just, you know, speak, it's not just what we're saying, it's for real, we're really doing this. Yeah. Um, you immediately begin to attract like incredible people and, um, and uh, it's also important to be a really great person to work for. You know, you have to be cool and, and you have to let other people shine. Um, you know, there's a lot of people, especially in our space, in the coaching space where, you know, the, 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 the primary function of their business or the primary need that their business fulfills for them is to be a big shot. Their own validation. They want to be the one on stage. They want to be the one in front of the crowd. They want to be the one getting all the glory. And I'm just not built that way. You know, I love it when I can take someone on my team and put them on stage and let them just really shine and, totally. and work their magic and do their thing. So all of those things are important. And they're a lot more important than whether, oh, well, should I get people off indeed.com or should I get people off monster.com or should I get people off recommendations? You know, you, you want to you wanna have something that people can really buy into and, 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 and that they want to be a part of and, and help you make that vision into reality. That's so good. So where would you, so I'm a, uh, one of the questions that we have gotten from, from this focus group of, of young people is, Hey, what would you want to see from me as a, you know, just a recent high school graduate or a recent college graduate? I'm 18, I'm 22, I'm 23, and I just graduated and I'm going, man, clients on demand, that is where I want to be. I would give anything to go work for Russ. I love the fact that they are changing the world, right? I love the fact that that this is the um, the the top of the top of the top of this game. I mean, they really do value their people. What do you want to see from those young people that would make you go, okay, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take a chance on on this youngster. We want people who are smart. Um, I mean, obviously that goes without saying. We want people who are high integrity. We want people who are good communicators. And honestly, we want people who don't have an ax to grind. And yeah. that's really important. As a lot of kids come out of college and they, they have an ax to grind. And, and no one wants that. 
You know what I mean? Or maybe some companies want that, but they're not going to do very well. You're just, you're not going to, you're not going to do well in any field if you're hiring a bunch of people that have a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, at, you know, at Clients on Demand, we have people with a lot of diverse, you know, backgrounds and diverse political opinions and all this other stuff. But the workplace is not, is not the place to vent that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and a lot of, a lot of people that I know have hired people that sort of just can't help themselves. And it, and it just, it just doesn't work. You know, it's, it's like poisons the well. It, it, yeah. It poisons the well. It just does. Yep. Um, and, and then of course, uh, people who really buy into the mission and yeah. who really, um, you know, believe in, 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 in the, in the work that we're doing and, and helping, helping our clients express themselves, you know, and, 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 and that, yeah, those are the most important things. I love that, man. Yeah. The, um, it's an interesting, it is an interesting scenario. It's an, we're in this, obviously in a weird cultural sort of time, but, um, you know, and we talk about some of the, you know, media focuses on, and a lot of people like to talk about some of the big obvious, um, divisive language and things like that that are going on in the world. But I think it's some of those nuanced sort of things like you talked about with young people coming out and they've got this this weird ax to grind. And I think that's one of those little seeds. Like you said, it poisons a well, but I think it's a seed of just um, this discontentment that I think we're not addressing. And that's why we build the schools that we build, right? Is we want to kind of get mm-hmm. ahead of all of that and build youngsters that are capable of civil discourse and of, of individual thought and of allowing for other people to have different thoughts and really genuinely listen to what does that other side have to say and then also understand that at the end of the day you're not going to agree with every single person on every single thing high five it's okay we can still be friends right it's it's that whole thing so how do you as a parent kind of address those things like how are you looking because you've got you know you you understand how that works for the business and wanting to to mitigate all of that as Mm -hmm. a parent how do you kind of help um kind of navigate that for your own for your own kids well so my, my oldest son is five, so yeah. that really hasn't yeah, come yeah. up yet. Yeah. I mean, it's really all about Pokemon and stuff right now. That's so, awesome, man. That's right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but look, you know, the thing that people need to understand is that a loving attitude is the best survival strategy that there is. The more anything that you want to do in your business, like let's just take a really simple example. You had to wake up this morning and do this podcast show with me. Right. And I'm sh- maybe you woke up this morning and you said, oh, you know, I don't really feel like doing this yeah. today. You know, I'm just not, in- I'm not into it today. Right. And maybe you, maybe you, maybe you forced yourself to do it um, out of a sense of guilt. Right. Well, if I, if I, you know, if I don't, yeah, if I don't do this, I'll feel really bad. So screw it. Let me do it. Or maybe you, you got yourself to do it out of a sense of fear. Well, if I don't record this episode today, we're not going to have enough episodes and then the whole thing's going to fall apart. Right. So you can, you can motivate whatever action you need to take in your business by whatever emotion you want. But if you can tap into that motivation of love and put that behind everything you're doing, you know what, man, I'm going to go record this show today because I love my audience and I love my guests and I love learning and let's just have a great time. You will do an infinitely better job totally. than if you're doing it from, from whatever. So it isn't so much what you do as it is the energy behind what you do. And so at Clients on Demand, we really try to bring that energy of love into everything we do. And we talk about it and we do it very consciously and we do it uh, very deliberately because at the end of the day, it's not about you. And that's that's the thing that I constantly have to remind myself of is it's not about me. This is not the Russ Ruffino show. It's about the clients and it's about getting results for people. So good. And and that's it. So good. that's the kind of culture that we're really trying to build here. But honestly, I think that's the kind of culture that the world needs. Yes, sir. We're really just being empathetic to each other and understanding and loving toward each other. 
and respecting everybody's freedom to to do what they need to do in life you know so good man yeah could not agree more and that does i mean first of all i i was i'm always stoked to get to come to do what i get to do and i was stoked to have <laughs> yeah. you here too so i want to make sure that's very clear um was yeah. definitely I'm sure up. i just you definitely know. no it was a great example though um and and it does it's it it permeates everything else and it changes the energy for everybody else too. Obviously in a parenting thing, you know, in a small, you know, small household and the, the energy of the parents, um, and the way they parent and the way they interact, loving towards one another, loving towards the kids. I mean, it changes the energy and the, the paradigm of the entire home life, but you're right. It goes into the workplace and it's something that, um, even here on campus, like we focus so hard on the energy that we put out for the young heroes and the energy they put out towards each other. And we, we encourage all the tools necessary for them to have a loving culture towards one another. And up into including the fact that our students here have the ability to, if they take it in a professional manner, they actually have the ability to fire other students. Meaning if that student is not holding that contract sacred and the contract really says, I'm going to treat other people well and I'm going to do my best while I'm here. I mean, essentially that's what it boils down to, right? But they've let people go. I mean, they let, we've had high schoolers get let go almost every single year because the mm. other high schoolers are going, look, you're not contributing to that love here in the organization and it's dragging everybody else down. You know, I mean, it is, it is such a powerful thing, man. So I, I absolutely love that you said that. Yeah. That negative energy, that sarcastic energy, totally. Th that, that, that it's like, a, it just eats away at the morale of your, of your organization. And and you just can't tolerate it. You know, you really can't. No doubt about it, man. No, I love that. So, um, what is kind of a, a trajectory for you guys? You guys have been on this amazing growth trajectory and, and mm -hmm. you talk about, um, you know, having on the personal side, having goals uh, and taking actions to actually go achieve those things, understanding the contingency plan of, well, what is the worst case scenario? How do you guys apply that to how you are growing uh, as an organization right now? Like what, you know, what does the next five years look like for COD? So for us, we want to get to $100 million in revenue. Um, and so we need to diversify our lead sources so we get more people reaching out to work with us. And we're getting a lot of people already, you know, who reach out to work. We like, I mean, that's, that's what we teach, right? So every day we get 30, 40 people a day reaching out to become clients and join our high ticket programs. Um, but, you know, we can always do more. And so it's like, all right, well, we're advertising on Facebook. We're advertising on YouTube. You know, where else can we tap into? Are there other lead sources? You know, so it's just, it's like exploring that basically. And then just, you know, growing with always. So the, 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 and this is really important. The vision that I set for our team is that as we grow, we get better at what we do. So we get better at delivering as we grow. Cause usually what happens with most companies is that they're, you know, they, they scale their sales. Right. And then, and then the actual thing they're delivering goes to hell. You know, and people actually talk about this where, you know, you can you, like, let's say you went on Tim Ferriss's podcast or Joe Rogan's podcast and you have like a graphic design business, you know, and Tim Ferriss goes to his millions and millions of viewers or whatever and says, hey, yeah, go, go buy a logo from this guy. The next day, their business just gets crushed yep. <laughs> because yep. there's totally. so many sales they can't deliver. Right. So I've always said, you know, look, as we scale, we want to make sure we're not just scaling our, our revenue, but we're also scaling the quality of what we do. And so we've grown fast, but but we've always kind of kept the brakes on just a little bit to make sure that we don't outpace 
uh, our ability to do a great job. You so know? smart, man. So, so who do you look to, um, kind of on the business side, you know, I mean, you talk about so like Tim Ferriss and the four hour work, we kind of, um, you know, kind of lighten this fire and, and some of these, you know, Napoleon Hills and some of these greats in that space is you guys are looking at, um, kind of scaling in that way and still maintaining those principles and, um, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that you guys are delivering. Is there anybody or are there any organizations that you kind of, kind of look to and, and kind of model after or just kind of um, keep an eye on for for inspiration, motivation? Who do you like? Well, we kind of try to, I mean, I try to keep an eye on everybody, but unfortunately in our space, which is, you know, high ticket online coaching, we're pretty much out front. And so it's, we're having to figure this stuff out from scratch. And I wish that, you know, it'd be great if there, if there was somebody to model who had taken this business model and scaled it to nine figures or, or whatever. But, um, you know, uh, th- that just doesn't exist as far as I know. So, you know, we're kind of having to try to figure this stuff out from scratch for sure. Um, you know, but I, I'm, I, you know, I listen to, I listen to, um, you know, different business leaders and for the general principles of stuff, you know, um, Ray Dalio came out with his book principles, which I thought was fantastic. Excellent book. Um, so yeah, so there are people that we look at, but as far as like, Hey, this is, we, we can kind of swim in this person's wake. Yeah. That person just doesn't exist. Yeah, no doubt. That's, that's, um, the, the good and the, the good and the bad of, of being out front. Um, mm. but that's awesome. So one of the questions and this kind of shifts gears a little bit, but one of the questions, and it's probably my favorite question that came through from, from our younger listeners and the parents that listen to have said that this is usually their favorite question for our guests. So what is a piece of common knowledge? Everybody knows this is just the way it is. But Russ goes, yeah, I disagree. I think it's oh completely, God. I think it's completely different. So where do you, I, I, where do you find I yourself being Where do you find yourself um, being counterculture? And there may be more than one, 1200. There may be. I go into anything with the presupposition that the conventional wisdom is always wrong. Mm. And the reason I think that is because the results in any field of endeavor are usually absolutely terrible Yeah. or at least in, in the big problems in life. So let's just say you want to get in really great shape. Yeah. Right. How many people start diets? How many people start fitness plans? How many people have a bookshelf that's filled with fitness books and whatever else. And, and we're just getting more and more out of shape every year. So what does that tell you? It tells you that the conventional wisdom is wrong. The conventional wisdom is wrong. People are not getting where they need to go. And so for me, the, the biggest thing is I'm always looking for those outliers, you know, where I just, you know, I also assume maybe 1% or half of 1% of people in any profession are really good at what they do. Yeah. You know, what percentage of financial advisors are really getting incredible returns for their clients? You know, um, what percentage of cops are like, you know, Al Pacino kicking indoors, yeah, making right? the big yeah. busts. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's like, so what you're looking for is you're looking for the few, the handful of people in any field that are truly excellent and getting results that are way beyond the norm. Um, you know, like I, I probably am not going to make my kids go to college. That's yeah. very contrarian. Yeah. Um, why would they go to college to study marketing when they can learn from me? I mean, if my kids aren't millionaires by the time they're 14, I'm doing something wrong. Um, it's way too easy to make money online. Yep. It's way too easy. And, uh, you know, everyone is, everyone is saying, well, you know, the job market, this and um, opportunity is, is, is limited. And, you know, you can't, it's not like it was for, you know, our parents and grandparents where you go out and you get a job and just working one job is enough to sustain a family. And okay, that's fine. That, that, that is all true. But the internet is here. That's right. And making money on the internet is a joke. 
It is a joke. Yeah. You just have to have something for sale and you have to put it in front of people who want it. And, 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 and the benefits of doing that and getting that right are so far beyond the benefits of like, if we could still go work for a corporation and have total job security for the rest of our life and have a pension, why is it better? It's better because you get to write your own ticket. Nobody tells me where I have to go Bingo. or what I have to do. I can go anywhere. I can do anything I, on any given day. I can grab my family and fly to Hawaii and do whatever we want to do. You know, the, the, the benefits of being able to make money online are like nothing else in the world. I mean, literally, you, you, you almost get to live a lifestyle that only royalty got to live in the past, you know? Um, so it's like, you know, don't get so hung up on how bad it is right now that you overlook the opportunities that we have that previous generations would have absolutely dreamed of. They That's exactly even right. Conceive of it. That's exactly right. And it's, a, it is, it's a mindset from, it is a mindset from a previous generation that has been perpetuated. And so then they're operating out of that mind frame in this world versus operating in a mind, in a mind frame that allows you to access what's actually here. We talk about that from the educational standpoint all the time, right? We're not, we don't parent your child and don't look at an education opportunity based on the world that you grew up in. Look mm -hmm. at it based on the world as it is now. And more importantly, the world as it is, you know, where, where it's going. There's that whole cliche mm -hmm. about, you know, Gretzky talking about where the puck is going and all that kind of stuff. And, and I know that that became very much a cliche for a lot of business owners. But the reality is, if you can see the trends and you pay attention to human behavior and you pay attention to what is actually available right now and operate in that mindset, you, you won't worry about the opportunities of the past. And I know even starting these schools and starting the businesses, my mom, you know, God bless her and worked, worked for B of A for 46 years, you know, and, and I know she listens sometimes too. So hi mom, I love you. But, um, you know, when I'm starting the schools and she's going, ah, that's risky. Ah, you sure you don't want to just work at a school? Just be the, you know, you're working at a school, you're a principal of a school right now. Why don't you just stay there? Why don't you just do that? You got a 401k, you got a pension through the state, you know, schools uh -huh. are going to just stay, everything's going to stay fine in the schools for years on end. You know, why don't you just stay there? Um, and again, it's operating out of that old mindset. I love that, man. And I love that. Well, and this is really important to hammer home because that security, that quote unquote security is an absolute illusion. That's right. Every day I walked into my bartending job, I could have gotten fired. There were days, honestly, I walked into that job. I should have probably should have gotten, yeah. gotten fired. <laughs> I just got lucky. Okay. Yeah. But it's like you sit there and you think I have job security, but no, man, the company you work for could go out of business. It could get acquired. It could get downsized. Your pension that you think is going to be there for you could absolutely evaporate. That's right. You are basically putting your future in someone else's hands and you're and someone honestly who doesn't care about you at all. And you're hoping that they come through for you. Yep. What's great about the situation that you're in is that this endeavor that you've started, if it succeeds or fails, it's because of you. And when I quit my job, that feeling, it's like stuff lit up inside of me. You know what I mean? Like I quit my job. I was super excited. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. The next day I woke up terrified. I was yeah, like, oh right. God, I have, to, right. I have to figure out how to make money. But man, I'm going to tell you, I felt alive for the first time in my life because I knew that if this was successful, it would be because of me. And if it failed, it would be because of me. And it wouldn't be because my manager had a bad day and fired somebody or the restaurant that I worked at went out of business or whatever. It was in my hands. And that feeling is like, absolutely addictive it, and it should be addictive because 
you, you, you have the ability to create the life that you want and there's no substitute for that. And the truth is, you know, why, if you want to go into business, go into business, start a business. Again, first question you should ask yourself is what can I sell? What is something that people need that I can sell them? And then who needs it? And how do I reach those people? That's it. Don't sit there and say, well, what should I major in? Or what should I study? Or what classes should I take? Or whatever. Because the truth is, if your college professors knew how to do this, they'd be doing it. Bingo. You know what I mean? Uh, they would be doing it. You Bingo. know, I mean, our business makes one and a half million dollars a month. I work from home. You know, I have, like I said, I have total location freedom. My whole team works remotely. You know, it's like if, 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 if people knew how to do this, they would do it. That's right. You know, so don't, don't think that you're going to learn the cutting edge stuff That's right. in any kind of a, of a school because That's you're right. just not. That's exactly right. Yeah. We were, I was on a, uh, uh, clubhouse, um, call and I haven't used that app a, a ton, but a friend of mine had invited me to, to that. And I was on a, a call with him and, and, um, uh, the current CEOs and a few of the execs from Coors, uh, is in the brew, uh, beer company, um, uh, Hallmark, um, Hobby Lobby, some CEOs from some some larger companies, and we also had uh, an Ivy League MBA professor in there, and he was the talk about chip on the shoulder. He was the one that had the most to say about how businesses should be run and what things should happen. And eventually, we just kind of had something. It's just curious. how many businesses do you have? How many have you run? How many do zero? Zero. Zero zip zilch. I mean, that's that's uh, that's exactly it. And I love that you're talking about getting your kids to understand that early as well. I always talk about my my kids are, you know, my uh, girls are 10 and 8. My son's 5. We have a couple horses out here in our ranch here in Northern California. And we have horses because my girls, who are 10 and 8, bought the horses. They bought mm -hmm. the horses with the businesses they started, which is part of what we do here on this campus. And I love that you said, you know, my kids aren't millionaires by the time of 14. I'm doing something. I'm doing something wrong. So what do you <laughs> – what would – are you guys going to, do you think, are you thinking homeschool? Or are you thinking like, what does that look like for you guys education wise? We're trying to figure that out now. Um, you know, we live in uh, Lake Arrowhead in California up in the mountains. And so the, op the, the options for schools here are pretty limited, but I was just actually having that conversation with my wife right now where, you know, maybe we don't homeschool them in the beginning. You know, we get them in elementary school. They would learn how to read, write, and arithmetic and whatever. And then maybe we move into doing homeschool or maybe we just have, Hey man, after school, you're going to work with daddy for an hour and a half, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, we still have to figure that part out, but it's, it's, you know, success is a mindset. Success is a way of thinking. It's a way of looking at the world and that doesn't exist in academia. It doesn't, it, it literally, literally academia is designed to stamp that out. That's right. It really is. Yes, sir. Because like you said, you know, you've got this professor who's got all these ideas about how a business should be run. That's, that sound great mm -hmm. when you're in a classroom, That's right. but when you actually get out there in the real world, they just, they don't work. That's right. That's right. You know, and I mean, some of the most toxic ideas in the world come out of academia. Mm. They just don't work because, because you can sit there and be so in love with your own intelligence that you just come up with all this crazy stuff that you think sounds good. But when you bring it into the real world, it's a disaster. That's right. So what's great about being in business is that there's constant real-time feedback from the world. Yep. Do people want what I have? I don't know. Are they buying it? Are they not buying it? That's right. You know, are, is my is my team doing a good job? I don't know. Are our clients happy and getting results? Or are they not happy and not getting results? That's like, right. It's it's you know, there's no you can't BS yourself. I mean, I guess you can, but you're gonna go out of business. You have to deal with reality as it is. And in academia, you don't. All theory. 
Yep. You yeah. get you get to play you get to play theory all day long. Yep. Nope. Mm-hmm. So true, my friend. Um, shameless plug on this, but if you haven't seen uh, No Safe Spaces on Amazon, uh, it's on Amazon Prime right now for free. Uh, definitely check it out. And it was a I'll check that I had out. the pleasure of working with um, with Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla, and we put together this film a couple years ago, and, and I think it does a really good job talking about academia and some of that stuff that that comes out mm-hmm. of that. So, yeah, so cool, man. So one of the last question actually might be the last question here on this list. So God comes down and goes, Hey Russ, by the way. All done. All done tomorrow, man. Um, you know, I know we're uh, at October or whatever today is, but tomorrow, tomorrow's the last day for you. So we're going to be putting you down and, and uh, put that headstone there. And uh, so say your goodbyes. Uh, but by the way, what do you want me to put on that headstone? What is the legacy quote or saying or, rem- you know, I want Russ to be remembered by whatever God's going. I'm going to put that on your headstone for you. What do you want me to put there? Oh, man. I don't know. God, that's, that's a- tough. <laughs> that um- is hard. Yeah, I mean, I think what I said in the beginning, a loving attitude is the best survival strategy there is. I love it. it. You know, when you understand that, you, you really understand a lot of, of what's what's important here in the world, you know, because, you know, my father passed away in, in May, um, mm, pretty suddenly. Sorry. Yeah, thanks. And, um, you know, you just, you know, he, 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 you know, he died surrounded by us, my brother, surrounded by his children, you know, like just loving him completely. And in this, in this, in this, incredibly loving environment there was nothing left undone there was nothing left unsaid there was nothing left unresolved and you begin to realize that you know hey man you can't take it with you you know you don't get to take your money with you you don't get to take your cool car you don't get to take any of this other stuff the only thing that really counts is the love that you have with the people around you and i i think i think i try to remind myself of that every day because i really think that that when you you know when you die that that's what's going to be important. How much love did you show to your kids? How much love did you show to random people on the street? Did you, you know, were you so wrapped up in your own stuff that you, you just didn't have time for anybody else? Or did you really bring a loving attitude to everything that you do? To me, that's the most important thing. And uh, it will, if you really let that guide you, it will help you make a lot of really good decisions in your business. You know, when I was, when I was first starting out, the thing that I was kind of in the back of my mind that I was always afraid of was that, you know, man, if my business gets too big, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make me compromise who I am. I think a lot of people think that. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a big business or you're going to get ultra successful or you're going to become a millionaire, it means you have to be a bad person. And, and thank God that what I've found is that the opposite is true. You know, I'm a better person today than I was two years ago, than I was four years ago, than I was six years ago. You know, we serve our clients at a higher level today than we did two years ago. So this journey of entrepreneurship where you're going out there and you're putting it all in the line, I think can actually be one of the most... Um, spiritually rewarding things that you can do as a person. And I guarantee you, you, you know, if you're really serious about serving the people around you and doing a great job, you, you will progress faster spiritually starting a business than you will sitting in a cave and meditating for 10 years. You, for, for sure. Because if, when, you're, when you're in a cave, you're just sitting in the cave. When you're, you know, yeah. when yeah. you're starting a business, you will be tested every, every day. single day. No doubt about it. Are you for real? Do you yep. really believe these things you're saying or are you are you just playing around? True story. So good, man. Well, you've long been one of my favorite entrepreneurs uh, and uh, obvious for so many reasons. You guys are great at what you do, but you are um, first and foremost, you know, I think a really good human. So as we're going out and um, sending this out to to young people and, and parents uh, quite literally all over the world, where would you have anybody go to learn more about what you are doing? What can we link down below for you? I just go to clientsondemand.com. There's a link there to check out some of our training and uh, some of our other stuff. You know, we have a podcast. If you search for clients on demand, it'll, you'll, you'll find it. 
And uh, this is the stuff we talk about, man. And you know, how, not just the, obviously the strategies of building and growing a business, but, but also who you become along the way, which is the most important thing. No doubt about it. Brother, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Appreciate you pouring in these young people and thank you for, uh, for doing what you do, man. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. There you go, man. Give Russ a follow on IG. Go check out Clients on Demand, especially if you are a coach. Check out their podcast as well. Even if you are not a coach, that mindset um, you know, that they dive into on a weekly basis is something you don't want to miss. So, uh, And speaking of not wanting to miss anything, definitely don't want to miss another episode of this. So make sure you subscribe, sharing, letting people know what we are doing for the young people out there. And we appreciate you very much. See you guys next time on Essential 11.